This is Laura Deardo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Linda Stevenson, Chief Information Officer at Fisher Titus. Linda, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Now, I'm looking forward to our conversation and just really diving into more of what you're doing at Fisher Titus and some of the big trends and themes in health IT right now. But before we dive into that discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. I have uh, had the pleasure of being the CIO here at Fisher Titus, which is located, by the way, in Norwalk, Ohio. It's a rural healthcare organization. I've been here for five years and uh, been in my entire career in healthcare in the Cleveland area at various large and small organizations. Really, my passion lies in, in being in the community hospitals and connecting to the patients in the community. So I'm pretty excited that I get to do that here in Norwalk. Absolutely. And, you know, where does that passion come from for community health and really being in a smaller town or providing care and access to the more rural communities? I think it's it's a couple of things, actually. Um, When you're at a community station, you have a deeper connection to what's going on with the patients. You're there, you're on site, you see everything. Uh, You get involved with the community in terms of community events and the health of the community. Um, It's also the ability to make change. I think when you're at a smaller organization like the community hospitals, um, we have the ability to to turn things around pretty quickly and make decisions and make changes as opposed to a larger organization where there's a lot of layers and while there's sometimes more resources, it's, it's exciting to see how quickly we can do what we need to do to improve things for the patient. That's such a good point, and definitely seems like, you know, you're able to do a lot there at Fisher Titus. So from your perspective, what are the biggest issues that you're following right now um, in healthcare for 2024? Oh, gosh, so many of them, but I would say top of mind, uh, we start with uh, challenges financially. It's a continued challenge for us to survive as a standalone, and we're one of the few in this area standalone community hospital supporting um, this area in that our reimbursements are low, the costs are high. Uh, it's a continued effort with every or every area of the organization to try and find opportunities to improve that. It's also um, the need and the challenge of finding the right roadmap for technology that helps our patients, helps our caregivers. Um, there's never an end to a need for more technology to do that, whether it's AI, or other, and just finding the amount of resources we need to do that. Absolutely. I can imagine, you know, as you were mentioning, sometimes the bigger health systems and academic centers have the resources to do, you know, more um, big projects, but being at a a rural and community hospital, you know, it definitely takes a little bit more in order to um, bring in some of the sophisticated technology. When you're looking at AI and some of the other digital transformation efforts, how do you prioritize and think through, you know, what's going to be most essential for me, especially on potentially limited budget um, from the hospital system. Yeah, I work really closely with the leaders in the other departments. So being a CIO is no longer just managing a bunch of technology behind the scenes. It's, it's much more of a business partnership than it's ever been. We meet on a regular basis to say, what are the challenges you're having and what are the opportunities that I can bring a solution to improve for you? Uh, so we do a lot of that and then bring it all together on the roadmap to say, okay, across the organization, here's the resources I have from a people perspective. 
And here's how we can and put that roadmap together to get the, the biggest rocks first, right? We need to solve the biggest problems first so that we can continue to fund other things and continue to improve quality. Uh, and you just have to weigh each of those with the leaders coming together at the table. And I think that's been the beautiful thing about Fisher Titus is our senior leadership team works so closely together to align priorities across the board, not just for one area. That makes sense. And, it, you know, it is really helpful and encouraging to hear. Um, when you look into the next year, what are you most excited about and what makes you nervous? Well, the finances make me nervous. Um, it, it, the bottom line is just trying to get um, as many things automated as possible to reduce the burden on all of the staff is going to be helpful. Uh, given that uh, concern, of course, then the next thing is the amount of people I have to do all those things. So, so that's the biggest concern. The biggest opportunities, I think, are our ability to make a difference in that automation, um, helping both nurses and our revenue cycle ease their burden and the work that can be done. And then also uh, the digital transformation with our patients, putting the patient at the center, allowing our digital changes to impact the patient, get them more engaged in their care, streamline their ability to come here, give them great access. Um, I'm really excited about that. Absolutely. That's great to hear. And certainly, you know, a lot to be excited about when you think through um, the opportunities and how technology can be leveraged in different ways and, and really automation can support so many different efforts. Um, one of the things you mentioned kind of stood out to me um, in terms of looking at, you know, having the team in place to do what you need to do. Um, how do you think about growing and developing the IT team and capabilities what do you do in-house? Is there anything that you are outsourcing or partnering with others to um, try to get done? Um, what's your strategy there? Yeah, I think that there's a couple of things that we do. I'm We have a, a team of only 40 people and I, I they're fabulous. I, you know, I encourage education. I encourage them to do research and we very rarely rely on outside resources because I think that my goal for them is dig in, do the research, figure it out, and then they learn by doing that. Actually, there's some of the best resources around in terms of the knowledge of the system, even to the point where some of the vendors look to them to say, how did you do that, which is awesome. Um, you have to encourage them to say, you know this, you can do this, give them the education, give them the support. There are times when we need to reach out and do uh, use outside resources. I try not to, but we have to occasionally. Um, and then the other thing is, um, looking at training them in areas to support, to, for cross-training in areas that they don't normally support, which makes them a more well-rounded resource. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, are most of them local in the community or have you expanded it and just have a more hybrid virtual team? Well, yes and no. So we, most of our staff is remote. Uh, they are, well, it's a hybrid. They're on site about one, one day a week, sometimes two days a week, depending on the type of role they have. They all, however, are local, not maybe local to Norwalk, but local to Northeast Ohio. So they do have the ability to come on site as needed. But I, you know, I think it's important to give them that flexibility for work-life balance of, of being able to work in whatever environment suits them best. We have explored having people outside of the state and, and, and would are still open to that, 
we've been blessed in that most of the, the opportunities have been filled with local talent. So it's been great. And working in a rural hospital, the culture is here that it's nice. People like to see people. And so having people local whenever possible is our goal. I 100% agree. I, I think that's amazing, you know, feat that you've been able to accomplish in terms of building the team that you have to really support um, the hospital locally and um, people by and large being, as you mentioned, in the Ohio area so that, you know, um, they're really connected, it seems like, to the hospital and to the mission. And um, when you look ahead, you know, are, are there, what skills do you see needing your team to expand or grow, continue to develop um, to make sure you're supporting the things like artificial intelligence and other um, potential technologies coming into the system? Yeah, I think there's a couple of areas we're working on. Obviously, some dependency on data and analytics is um, we're really pushing for a few of the team to be more involved in learning data, you know, applications of data scientists, um, different types of cloud-enhanced application, things like that. Uh, pushing some people in that regard, but also some of the others, I think the goal is to really educate them on what it's like to be more of a business partner than just an analyst. I don't want my team to be the people who just take tickets and requests. I want them to be business partners with the departments they support where they're going to be more proactive in reaching out and proposing solutions. So that's a little bit of work because it's a change in how they've been thinking all of the, all of the years they've been here, um, working a lot on that. And it's not a technical training, but more of a shift in thinking. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's such a helpful way to think about that sea change or kind of that cultural transformation within the IT department and integrating that into the broader system. When you're looking again, um, you know, over the next couple of years, we've talked a lot about some of the changes that are happening in the healthcare space, as well as what technology can bring. Um, what do you, will most effective healthcare leaders need in order to be successful over the next two to three years, especially given some of these changes and capabilities that are becoming available? Um, if I had to pick one thing, I have, I'd have to say it's data. They need data. They need analytics because there is such a need to really manage so closely your budgets and your work that if they don't have the right information, how can they effectively do that and make suggestions on changes? So I think that is the number one thing we're spending time and, and resources on. And then beyond that, it's getting those same leaders the education on data literacy so they can they understand what they're doing. Absolutely. And I can imagine that can't come quick enough. Absolutely. Linda, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun and informative conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to future conversations. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.